Good morning. Today is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. Our readings for this morning are Psalms 26 and 28, Genesis 9, 1 through 17, Hebrews 5, 7 through 14, and John, oh, I'm sorry, and that's it. (laughs) Forgive me, folks, Uh, early in the morning, waking up and adjusting. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Creator, to set forth their praise, to hear their holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship them, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by their infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise, and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before their presence with a song. Know this, she herself is God. She herself has made us and we are hers. We are her people and the sheep of her pasture. Enter her gates with thanksgiving. Go into her courts with praise. Give thanks to her and call upon their name. For God is good. Her mercy is everlasting. And her faithfulness endures from age to age. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Psalm 26. Vindicate me, O God, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in God without wavering.
Prove me, O God, and try me. Test my heart and mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O God, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O God, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will bless God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 28 To you, O God, I call. My rock, do not refuse to hear me. For if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. Repay them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of God or the work of his hands or the work of her hands, she will break them down and build them up no more. Blessed be God, for she has heard the sign, sound of, for she has heard the sound of my pleadings. God is my strength and my shield. In her my heart trusts, so I am helped, and my heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to her. God is the strength of her people. She is the saving refuge of her anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
A reading from Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth and on every bird of the air, on everything that creeps on the ground and on all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. For your own lifeblood I will surely require a reckoning. From every animal I I will require it, and from human beings, each one for the blood of another. I will require a reckoning for human life. Whoever sheds the blood of a human... By a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image God made humankind. And you, be fruitful and multiply, abound on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was peopled. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk, and he lay uncovered in the tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. And I have just read the wrong reading completely. I read... Nine. 
I just read too far. That's all I did. I was supposed to stop at 17. Please forgive me. Imagine that I stopped at this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like I said, waking up a little bit, getting readjusted. Thank you for your patience. Canticle B, a song of pilgrimage. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her, therefore I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her, therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Reading from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having been designated by God a high priest, but according to the order of Melchizedek. About this we have much to say that is hard to explain, since you have become dull in understanding. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, their only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffrages set B on page 98? Save your people, God, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold us now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. God, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, God, have mercy. God, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, God, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that God may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve Jacob and all of your children, and give your power of healing to those who minister to our needs, that our weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, 
You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to God in heaven. Grant Jacob and all your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. O God, your compassions never fail and your mercies are new every morning. We give you thanks for giving our brothers and sisters both relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue in them, we pray, the good work you have begun, that they, daily increasing in bodily strength and rejoicing in your goodness, may so order their life and conduct that they may always think and do those things that please you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of people, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we, pr we pray for, the whole, for thy holy church universal, that it, be, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy Creator's goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom our prayers are now offered. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all of their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, our God in heaven, guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the kingdom of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, the Creator of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth, 
deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us to stand reconciled, enable us all to stand reconciled before you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who sittest in the throne judging right, we humbly beseech thee to bless the courts of justice and the magistrates in all this land, and give unto them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that they may discern the truth and impartially administer the law in the fear of thee alone, through Christ who shall come to be our judge, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God, our Creator, you see your children growing up in an unsteady and confusing world. Show them that your ways give more life than the ways of the world, and that following you is better than chasing after selfish goals. Help them to take failure, not as a measure of their worth, but as a chance for a new start. Give them strength to hold their faith in you, and to keep alive their joy in your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Assist us mercifully, O God, in these our supplications and prayers, and and dispose the way of thy servants towards the attainment of everlasting salvation, that among all the changes and chances of this mortal life, they may ever be defended by thy gracious and ready help. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, let's talk about our readings today. 
Let's start with our Psalms. So, verse 6 here, I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O God, reminds me of our readings yesterday where we were talking about Christ, and we'll talk about Christ again, or we have talked about Christ again today, um, as a high priest. And my son serves as an acolyte at our church, and one of the things that I watch him do every Sunday morning is to symbolically wash the priest's hands. So he has the little pitcher of holy water and and a dish. And I'm always kind of amazed at well, how well he juggles these precious things, which are also, um, you know, some of them are made of glass. And, and you guys know that, that my son, you know, is growing rapidly in a teenager, so discombobulated to begin with. And then you know, has a, has a motor disorder. So I, I just, I think he does such a great job juggling these things to begin with. So I'm always kind of slightly in awe of that as well. Praise God. But I watch him hold in one hand the dish and then with the other pour the holy water over the priest's hands to symbolically wash them. And then he has hanging on his arm a towel that um, that the priest then uses to wipe his or her in my case in our case right now it's a him but it, obviously it could be a her um, to wipe his hands with and this symbolic washing and making clean before serving communion to God's people has has always struck me, especially in the symbolism of it, because it's not like he's washing his hands. It's not like the priest is washing their hands under hot water with lots of soap and stuff. This is very plainly symbolic. And so also I think that we come before God and we ask to be made holy, to serve God's people. We talk in my, my healing team a lot about being conduits of God's healing. And we remind ourselves quite frequently that all of the healing comes from God and that we come before God and ask for our gunk to be cleared out of the way so that God's love and healing can flow freely through us. I find myself, you know, wrapped up in all of this anxiety and I feel like I, it blocks the way between God and myself and even God and others and in small ways it shows up as my being irritable and cranky and in the larger ways it shows up as as me being kind of frozen 
in this fear. And so, friends, with your help and together, if you're willing, I would like to pray for myself and for any, because I believe we all have these kind of blockages, right? I see, I see my son doing it too, and sometimes I feel this extreme guilt over it that maybe I have taught him this, you know, like, like last night, um, we had an appointment with a chiropractor whom we love. We love our chiropractor. She's amazing. And, um, and I've made it totally clear that if, you know, if she gets cancellations before us and can move us up, just let us know if we can come in earlier, we can. And last night was the perfect night for us to move up. It's Martin Luther King day. Jack had gone to an earlier rowing practice than usual. He still had practice, but because I had off work and he had off school, he could go in earlier. Um, it was a great day for it. But, um, when she called, I was like, Oh yes, this is great. And Jack's reaction was one of total frustration because it messed up his routine. And he doesn't like, he doesn't deal well. If he's got it in his head that like, this is the way things are going to go today, like ABCD. And then you throw a kink in that. He, he doesn't handle it very well, especially if it's a surprise. If you can give him advance warning and be like, hey, I know we said we were going to do ABC in order, but we're going to have to swap B and C. And you can talk him through it and help him feel some ownership in it. He does great. But instead, he's, he's, he's like hearing me on the phone. He's like, ugh, I heard all of that. And, you know, and God gave me the grace to not get ugly back at him, which is what so often happens right now. I just throw his barf back in his face, right? He barfs on me and I just throw it back at him. And I talked him through it and I was like, this is going to be great because we're going to get to go earlier, come home, have some time to relax before we have to go to bed instead of just coming home and going straight to bed, you know, all this stuff. But he tends to, sorry, I kind of digress with that story there, but my point is that he tends to, um, when, disrupted, when disrupted, have this internal dialogue that everything is all messed up now and blah, 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 and kind of throw that in the way. But as we talked it through, we were able to kind of clear that out. And by the time we got to the chiropractor and, um, you know, she said, thanks for being willing to come in early. He was like, no big deal. I'm happy that we get to have some relaxing time at home. No problem. And he was extremely gracious. And I think that when we can take a moment in our reactiveness and sit with God and sift through the gunk that's getting in the way, that is like the the cleaning of our hands or like the liquid plumbering of our pipes that are the conduit of healing. And we clean out whatever false message is coming from the enemy or we are telling ourselves in our reactiveness and we are able to then be God's hands in the world, serve God's children. 
I know that's a lot to get from a verse, but that's really where I was going today, and I hope I hope that's helpful. It is it is to me. I should say too that Psalm 26 is um, what my commentator calls a declaration of righteousness and a plea for salvation and a declaration of righteousness, an individual position of someone who feels unworthy, possibly a priest. Walking occurs at the Psalms beginning and end, suggesting participation in sacred processions. On to Psalm 28, which is a plea for vindication by one falsely accused. (laughs) Apropos for me at the moment. And it is this individual petition combined with a thanksgiving and a prayer for the people. And I think that that really speaks to what we've been talking about lately, um, about recognizing in our suffering, the universal suffering, you know, this is happening to me. This is also happening to many people everywhere and entering uh, into prayer, not only on behalf of ourselves, but on behalf of all. And I just think that this is a really great model and example for us. And it actually mirrors really nicely um, Kristen Neff's three steps for self-compassion meditation, which are, I am suffering, everyone suffers, may I be kind to myself in this moment. It's so interesting to me how how much interrelatedness there is between God's word and liturgy and what we would see as completely secular sources. Um, Neff herself is, is a Buddhist. Um, and I, I kind of had to step back when my son asked me, not in these words exactly, but this was the basic point, whether or not we could trust her teachings or if she was an idolater. And I thought, wow, I can really see how the message against idolatry would get kind of warped and twisted in this way. Um, and when I asked Jack kind of where that come from, he came from, he thought it came from um, Sunday school, which um, he's not in Sunday school right now. He's attending church with the grown-ups and serving as the acolyte and all that sort of thing. And the Episcopal Church really honestly doesn't have a whole lot in the way of Sunday school right now, at least not in the smaller parishes like ours. Um, But all of that to say, that I think sometimes we get, we get caught up in the labels. And yet there is a shared message and we can learn from and work alongside those who do not practice our faith. 
as always, I believe that good boundaries are extremely helpful. And it's that both and that we must both have good boundaries and we must also, with discernment, be open to hearing God's message from multiple sources. And I know that's a tough one, right? Because we think about opening our minds and yet we must also protect our minds. We must open our minds to God's message, but we must also protect our minds from the message of the enemy. And, and there's, thank goodness that there is grace and the help of the Holy Spirit and a way to filter <laughs> because, man, it is, it is tough and we can get really confused. But by the grace of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which we seek just as the writer of, of our canticle today sought, we may find truth and we know that even when we are mistaken, that God can make it right. God can rectify it. God can bring us back to truth. So God, as we follow you, let us be compassionate to ourselves and to others to remember that just as we are suffering, many are suffering and let us pray and open the way for your miracles for us and for others. And remember that we are all your children and seek to understand each other with the holy understanding of your gracious spirit, O oh God. Amen. So with kindness and reassurance to ourselves, let's pray the final verses of Psalm 28. God is our strength and our shield. In God our hearts trust. So we are helped and our hearts exult. And with our song, we give thanks to God. God is the strength of God's people, the saving refuge of God's anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Amen. Now, I'm sorry for being discombobulated through our... Um, Hebrew scripture reading, so please forgive me there. So I think it's interesting that my commentary says about verses 2 through 6 that here God revises the earlier command of vegetarianism. It's a partial concession to the violence observed prior to the flood and an extension of the human dominion over creation described earlier in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28. At the same time, God limits human rule and regulates pre-flood violence through stipulating that humans may not eat the blood in which life resides, 
and that humans, as bearers of God's image, may not be murdered. Since these laws are given to Noah and his sons, the ancestors of all post-flood humanity, they were later used. They were used in later Jewish tradition as a basis for a set of seven Noachide laws that were seen as binding upon Gentiles as well as Jews. This is the first covenant explicitly mentioned in the Bible, and it encompasses all of humanity as well as the animal world and even the earth. A covenant is a formal agreement, often between a superior and inferior party, the former making or establishing the bond with the latter and the superior protecting the weaker party. This agreement is often sealed through ceremonies. In this, God, in this case, God sets his weapon, the bow, in the sky facing away from humanity as a sign of God's commitment not to flood the earth again. And I had never really thought about, I mean, we, I think most of us have heard about the rainbow being God's promise, right? But I'd not thought of it as God's weapon and the fact that it is curved um, convex as the bow or weapon being pointed away from us. Um, and I certainly had not thought of the religious laws concerning the eating of animals as a covenant against the violence from before the flood um, taking over again. Certainly, I think that we have gotten ourselves into a place in, in current times where where we are not valuing human life by God's covenant. I was watching just a goofy show on TV last night, um, Numbers. Um, it's an old show that's, that's come and gone, but my son and I are, are watching um, all of the episodes. And the premise is there's this guy who's in the FBI and his brother is a genius mathematician at, at this Cal Sci University. And um, they may call it something else in, in the show. But anyway, um, and they solve these crimes together. Well, they're solving this old cold case and it, it has a lot of Vietnam stuff that comes up in it. And one of the main characters, uh, a perpetrator actually, um, who they let go pretty much at the end of the show, but um, was in Vietnam and did not participate in the cover-up of a massacre and ended up being wounded and sent home and the story is kind of unfolding and it's all layered and with this modern day story. And I think that that's the way history and the present kind of work. They're overlapped, you know, and this history of the covenant and the near history 
of warfare and ancient warfare and all of these layers are kind of layered together. And it goes beyond the saying that like not learning history dooms you to repeat it. I think personally that that the effects of one generation are seen in another. And I think that there is a message here for us in our current time. I'm not sure, honestly, exactly what it is. So I think that we should each, we should all seek the Holy Spirit in it. Um, especially when we look at the current conflict in the Middle East and our relationship particularly with Iran. I, I agree with some of my favorite political commentators, the ladies on pantsuit politics, who mentioned that you really have to go back to the 1950s, maybe even further, to understand our relationship with Iran. And I think that um, maybe it's just me because I am kind of, within the last decade or so, of my life really becoming more aware of politics and national security and history. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with my being a military member. I'm very invested, right? Um, but it feels as though we don't have as much of that layered knowledge as, as a culture, as a country, as we need to, to really um, have a deeper understanding about not just what our segment of the population feels about a particular event, but what others do. Because we do, we have many members of our current population who have lived through several different conflicts, and that definitely shapes their understanding and perspective, but we need to allow it to shape our communal greater understanding and perspective as well. And I think it goes beyond factionism and it goes to like a misremembering or um, a dishonoring of the covenant of our covenants with God over time. And I think it's really a blessing that during this season of Epiphany, we look back at God's first covenant with us. You know, we've kind of got this clean start after the flood. And on a personal level, I think that relates to the clean start, so to speak, that we get with God, not just at the major points of, of the major sacraments in our lives, but at the ongoing daily sacrament, right? So not just baptism, but also communion, the Holy Eucharist, also confession. And this is ongoing and always in our personal relationship with God. So I think here, my insight at least is, is a prayer that we understand our covenants with God and what they mean. 
which is huge. I say that like it's just a simple sentence and it's a huge thing. And that we understand the layers of our shared history as inhabitants of the earth. And that and that the wisdom of the Holy Spirit may grant us understanding. I know it's a lot. God willing, it is not too much for we have God's help and God's holy understanding. And we need not understand it all at once, but simply in each moment, in each context. Amen. Our New Testament reading reminds us again that, firstly, that Jesus came in the flesh and just as we do. I mean, isn't this refreshing to see that Jesus Christ offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And my commentary about this says, although often identified with the episode in Gethsemane, the language is typical for descriptions of fervent prayer among Jewish authors. But here in this wilderness that can so often be our daily modern life, when we cry up to God, we do it just as Jesus did it. And, and like it said in our readings yesterday, Jesus understands. Jesus is not above this. Jesus has felt all of the things that we feel. And just as Jesus was and is heard, so are we heard. And I, I do believe, as difficult as it is, that we can trust that God is, is n- nothing is getting by God. God is seeing everything that is happening in our lives. Um, Something my therapist gave me as homework was to say to myself as often as possible all day long, everything is happening for my highest good. And that is so hard, especially when we are in a time of suffering and trial, right? 
but it is God is taking it and making it for our highest good using every interaction even every wound to help transform us into the people that we were meant to be and that is not that God wills suffering it is not that God decrees or intends our woundedness. Rather, God gave us free will. And unfortunately, what we do with that free will sometimes hurts each other. All too often hurts each other. God cries with us when we cry. God is here with us in the suffering and, and God feels suffering for us. We're not alone in this. God is not. And I think this is where Maybe we need to evolve a little bit past our human understanding of God as parent. God is not a parent meeting out discipline. God is so much more than that. And especially if, If you have had a parent that was not particularly compassionate or empathetic or connected, God is so very empathetic, compassionate, and connected and is with us in our suffering, is not at some distance. It's not some kind of cosmic timeout where we're crying in our rooms and God says, you can come and talk with me when you are ready to behave, you know, God is with us in the moment and also omniscient and using all of it. And when we, as Jesus did, reverently submit, and you guys know I struggle with the word submission, so just hear me through this. And again, if it helps, change it to cooperate with God in this transformation. Then we move through the trial and the suffering, and there is blessing And that's my prayer for all of us, that whatever suffering we are encountering, we are compassionate, that we acknowledge our suffering and the suffering of all, and we give it to God and reverently cooperate with God in in our transformation and the transformation of the world. And I know that sounds really, really big. So just kind of maybe bite it off in bite-sized pieces if that helps. Because it all, it all matters. It all adds up. It all comes together. From the most minute interaction with our children to the most tremendous interactions on the global scale 
all of it when entered into with compassion and reverent cooperation works for the universal healing, restoration and reconciliation of ourselves, our families, our communities, and ultimately our world. I have one last thing to say about our New Testament reading, and I apologize. I know I have really gone on this morning, and this should have been a little bit shorter because we're not reading the gospel this morning. We're reading it this evening. So please forgive me that I have waxed on so much. Um, the author here in Hebrews talks, and you guys have probably, like me, run into this a, a bunch He's telling his listeners, you're not, at the moment, you're not like able to take in the deep spiritual stuff. You're like still on milk, not solid food. You're like an infant that just needs milk. And I'm, I was reminded when I was reading this that there are times as adults when we go back to a liquid diet, um, when we're ill, for example, you know, I'm a big fan of homemade bone broth. I've got some cooking right now. And sometimes when we're ill, we just need like a good cup of broth or milk, you know, we can kind of, I know I'm stretching the, the, the metaphor a bit there, but sometimes we need to step back to a liquid diet again, to what we can digest. Or maybe you could think of it like, you know, sometimes when we do a juice cleanse or something, sometimes we need to get back to basics with God. And when we feel at a loss, I think that's a good time to step back to the basics with God, to remember that the greatest commandment of all is the commandment of love. I confess that I have been motivated by and overtaken by fear often lately. And I strive to be always learning and practicing as verse 14 says, allowing God to train my faculties by practice to distinguish good from evil. There are times when I need to go back to the basics of love and trust. Trust in God, God first and foremost alone, when everything else in the world seems terrifying. We can trust in God. 
And I've made mistakes out of fear trying to protect myself. I think we all have. We've talked about that before, that when we make decisions from a place of fear and perceived scarcity, that's not drawing from the well of Christ, right? Like Christ is, is, is the water and the life of all that's that's drawing from somewhere else and I humbly ask that God would make right anything that has gone wrong because of my being trapped in fear and perceived scarcity and that God would break me free would break all of us free from fear and perceive scarcity and root us all in love and faith and let us remember let us be cautioned not to place our whole trust in other human beings because they are human and as it said in our suffrages today God is the one in whom we trust God is the only one that can save us and so our trust, our full trust and faith are misplaced when they are placed in human institutions and we must recenter our faith in God. So if you, as I do, find yourself in a time when you need to go back and drink spiritual milk for a little bit, remember the foundation of faith. Reroot yourself in faith. Know that there is no judgment there. That we'll work our way back to solid food again. And that in this time of broth and milk, that God heals us and strengthens us. And this is in and of itself that very practice that leads towards spiritual maturity and wisdom. May God guide us and may we cooperate with God. Amen. Thank you friends for bearing with me as I went on for quite some time. I really appreciate that. Let us wrap this up together then. Almighty God, creator of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, 
Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.